Chapter Twenty Five of A Coin of Edward the Seventh. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Coin of Edward the Seventh by Fergus Hume. Chapter Twenty Five A Catastrophe. About noon the next day, Steele and Giles were on their way to Bilbao. This prompt following of Morley was due to the fertile resource of Ware he remembered that a friend of his possessed a yacht which was at present lying in dover harbour the friend lord kingsbridge fortunately happened to be in london and giles wired an appointment with steel he went up to town on the same night and drove at once to the wanderers club where kingsbridge was waiting for them giles explained the situation and secured the yacht at once the boat is quite ready to start said kingsbridge all you have to do is to get steam up i was thinking of going on a cruise myself and so had the firefly put in order why not come with us to bilbao my lord thank you mr steele but i have to wait in town for a day or two and time is everything in this matter if you take the first morning train to dover you ought to be on your way to spain in the afternoon when did this other boat start yesterday afternoon from gravesend said giles well my yacht's a quick one so i dare say you will be able to catch this other one before she gets to her destination you'll have bad weather i fear said kingsbridge there's a storm getting up i don't care if it blows the world out of the solar system cried ware savagely i'm going to catch that man and the lady well good luck to you ware thank you kingsbridge i shan't forget your kindness replied the young man and departed with steel in hot haste thus it happened that the two found themselves on board the firefly steaming for bilbao at top speed the boat was two hundred tons yacht measurement schooner rigged fore and aft with powerful engines and twin screws when all her furnaces were going she could smoke through the water at surprising speed and her captain having received instructions from kingsbridge drove her south for all she was worth he was a pleasant young fellow called calthorpe and when he heard that the trip was being made to rescue a lady took a personal interest in the affair he made up his mind to catch the red cross before she reached bilbao is she a fast boat he asked when the firefly cleared the channel nearly as fast as this craft replied mark dane who was at his elbow she was built for speed hm said the captain it's stormy weather and her speed will depend a good deal on the way she is handled i don't expect she'll do much in the bay evidently calthorpe was not going to let his boat be beaten by an outsider he had never heard of the red cross and believed the firefly to be one of the smartest crafts afloat the weather was dirty and when the gallant little boat lifted the atlantic waves they were running mountains high but calthorpe drove his vessel sheer through them and never slackened his speed for all their fury and now it must be explained how dane came to be on board the explanation may be given in his own words to giles when i left you in london sir he said i wondered where morley had taken miss anne from what i knew i guessed that he would not carry her to the priory at rickwell it then struck me that he might use the yacht since steele took up the case she has changed her name and her appearance for morley and denham were both afraid lest she might be found out the gang of course knew nothing of my intention to smash up the organization 
and i knew that i could get all information from one of them i sent a wire to this man he's called arden and received information that the boat was at gravesend by morley's orders under the name of the dark horse rather a good name said ware smiling morley is something of a humorist he's a devil said dane fiercely i'll tell you my reason for saying so later sir i went to gravesend and found her lying in midstream i went on board and learned that morley was away but that the boat was to sail shortly for some unknown destination where was morley up in town sir getting his money together to make tracks i found miss anne on board she told me that morley had suggested they should get to rickwell by the gravesend line and she not thinking any harm of him and anxious to see denham and learn the truth about her dead father agreed he took her down and drugged her in the train as an invalid she was taken on board the dark horse and confined to her cabin a hag called mrs johns attended to her i know the old wretch a regular bad one but devoted to morley who got her out of some trouble why did you not rescue miss anne said giles and save us this journey dane i couldn't mrs johns allowed me to see miss anne as she had no reason to suspect me but she kept guard at the door and would not let me out of her sight almost if i had tried to take miss anne ashore she'd have brought the crew on me they are all morley's creatures i should simply have been polaxed and dropped overboard while the yacht sailed away no sir i told miss anne my difficulty and asked her to send a line to you at the priory where i knew you were that you might follow she wrote three or four words i know interrupted giles and enclosed the coin she did that sir so that you could be sure the message came from her i posted the letter then i went on shore and waited till morley came back i learned from miss anne that the boat was going to bilbao and when she started i came on to the priory to ask if i could join in the hunt for miss anne yes cried dane shaking his fist and the hunt after that devil morley why do you hate him so asked giles wondering at the man's fierceness and ill-suppressed emotion dane thought for a moment then answered with his eyes on the deck morley killed my mother he said in a low voice no sir not in the way you think he killed her by telling her what i was she was a good woman she brought me up well and did her best to make me a decent man i was well behaved till i went to italy to study singing and fell in with denham he made me bad afterwards morley made me worse i have thieved i have but what does the catalogue of my crimes matter to you sir in a word denham and morley ruined me i hate them both but morley worst of all do you think denham will recover from his broken leg of course he will and then he will be taken to jail at once steele left the warrant behind to be executed in order that he might come with me i hope denham will get a long sentence sir said dane savagely he is a bad man but morley nothing short of death will expiate his crime so far as i am concerned i wanted to reform sir miss anne was so good to me that i saw how wicked was the life i was living i wished to reform and return to my mother morley heard of this he followed me to new york where i was then i had fled from the gang saying i would have nothing more to do with the thieving 
morley found me with my mother he told her what i was here dane paused and sighed the blow killed her she died of a broken heart i suppose yes of a broken heart then i went back with morley to the old life like a whipped dog but i vowed revenge i intend to have it now and he set his teeth determinedly giles was sorry for the young man he appeared to have some good in him when he felt the death of his mother and the cause of it so deeply but ware could not help remembering that dane had murdered daisy kent but for the fact that they relied on dane to distinguish the red cross under her disguise he would not have been allowed to come but steele thought it was best to catch morley first and then have dane arrested for the crime he advised giles to say nothing about it lest it should arouse the suspicions of dane but on board the firefly there was no escape for the man and after the previous conversation giles began to wonder if dane really was guilty despite the belief of steele and the evidence of denham he resolved to set his doubts at rest dane he said after a pause you appear to have much good in you and the princess olga is anxious to save you from yourself since you are helping us to break up this gang and catch morley who appears to be the arch-criminal i am willing to do what i can to save you from the law but there is another crime what particular crime do you mean sir asked dane quietly the murder of miss kent dane started do you believe that i had anything to do with that why not you were at rickwell on the night it was committed i was i came over from the yacht at gravesend to tell morley she was waiting his orders there and to tell denham also he had appointed a meeting there for me i came on a motor-bicycle what of that a man called scott told steele that you were in rickwell i admit it i know scott he has turned king's evidence it seems to me sir that the whole lot of us will be pardoned if we are so anxious to betray one another but this crime denham says you killed the girl dane sprang to his feet with flashing eyes i swear by all that i hold most holy that i did not touch the girl he declared i never even set eyes on her denham accuses me yes because i have told the truth about him i came on that night and saw morley and him at the window of the library in morley's house when i gave my message about the yacht i returned to tilbury and then crossed to the boat i never killed the girl by the memory of my mother you seem to be speaking the truth said giles quickly did you enter the library the girl was killed by a stiletto torn from the trophy of arms near the desk i was not in the library morley would not allow me to enter he and denham spoke to me on the terrace when a noise was heard at the door i believe now it was miss anne who was entering morley gave me the tip to get away was the stiletto in its place i don't know i never noticed do you think morley killed the girl either he or denham replied dane decisively and i think it was the latter when i heard of the crime being committed i saw mrs morley and asked her if her husband was guilty she denied it saying that he was in the library all the time she came down and saw him she might do that to save her husband dane shook his head i don't think she was fond enough of him for that sir he answered she was when he married her but he treated her so badly as i was told by denham that she grew to hate him he spent her money and behaved like the brute he is for the sake of her children she said nothing but she was fond of miss kent 
and i don't think she would have defended him if a charge of killing the girl had been made did mrs morley know anything about the gang no she knew nothing morley always took good care to keep her in ignorance she knew no more of his secret life than miss anne did of denham's both men were very clever in concealing that which they did not want to be known but you believe that i am innocent of this charge yes you can face denham when you return and ask him what are his grounds for accusing you if ever i do come back said dane gloomily and the conversation ended for the time being dane made himself very useful on board and calthorpe took quite a fancy to him in addition to his other gifts he proved to be an excellent sailor it seems that he had run away from home and had worked for some years before the mast as a common seaman he now wished to do what he could on board the firefly and chummed with the crew so great a favourite did he become with calthorpe that when he asked to be allowed to steer the favour was readily granted to him and he proved very proficient certainly calthorpe did not know he was a suspected murderer and had been a thief and neither steele nor giles said anything about this steele indeed still held to the belief that dane was guilty but ware laughed at him you said that miss anne was guilty he declared then you believed that denham had struck the blow now you are convinced that dane is the criminal for my part i believe denham to be guilty he may be replied steele with a shrug i am so puzzled over this case that i am prepared for any development at all events denham is being looked after he can't escape me whether he is merely a thief or really the murderer we are in search of when the firefly got into the bay of biscay the weather was worse than ever giles was pleased as calthorpe told him that there was the better chance of catching the dark horse before she reached her port of destination once on spanish soil and giles feared lest morty should carry anne off to the mountains he was such a scoundrel and so clever that it might be possible he had confederates at bilbao to help him to carry out any scheme he might suggest giles wished to catch him before he had time to formulate any new villainy at all events morty would never think that they had tracked him so speedily or had followed so rapidly it was unlikely that he would use the yacht to the fullest extent of her steaming powers in the centre of the bay the firefly was caught by the full force of the storm the wind and waves were terrific but the gallant little boat proved herself trustworthy under a sullen sky over a dismal grey sea she steamed her decks streaming with water and the ship herself rolling terribly calthorpe did not slacken speed and the boat responded splendidly to his handling a sharp lookout was kept by all on board for the yacht as giles had offered a large reward for the first man who espied the boat but the difficulty was that none of the crew knew the looks of the dark horse however they were to hail when they saw anything in the shape of a yacht and there were one or two false alarms at length when the firefly was approaching the spanish coast dane who was on deck with a glass gave the alarm it was a misty grey day with absence of sun and wind the ocean was heaving like masses of liquid pitch with an oily look and the yacht cut sheer through the terrific waves that threatened to overwhelm her suddenly a wind rose there was a blink of sunshine and about a mile away a bark was seen rolling in the trough of the sea there she is roared dane and every one came on deck are you sure cried giles taking the glass 
perfectly sure replied dane who was dangerously excited captain let me handle the wheel as a reward calthorpe gave his assent as he knew what a good steersman dane was he then took his post besides giles and steel who were admitted on to the bridge and thence directed the ship then the firefly made a bee-line for the distant ship steel and giles had less sense than they should have had and dane in his joy at the sight of his prey quite forgot that with a good glass morley could recognize them all three it was the red cross alias the dark horse that was steaming leisurely southward and doing her best to battle with the strong seas that hammered her newly painted sides thus morley who had never expected such promptitude became aware that his foes were at his heels he saw the detective and giles on the bridge but dane he did not see being in too much of a hurry after his first glimpse of the danger to take further interest in those on board the firefly the result of morley's decision was that those on the pursuing yacht saw clouds of smoke pouring out of the funnel and knew that the furnaces were being crammed to suffocation there was a shout of joy from the firefly's crew for now the fun was beginning we'll see if she'll beat my boat said calthorpe on the bridge it was very stormy and black clouds were racing across a pallid sky a furious wind had blown the mist into shreds of vapour and was ripping white spume from the tops of the rearing waves the vessel in flight soared like a swallow and slid down into mile-long valleys but the firefly having more powerful engines tore straight through the walls of water that threatened to block her way she trembled with the vibration of her screws and in the stormy heaving of the water there was great danger lest her propeller fans should snap however the engineer stood with his hand on the throttle valve and stopped the spinning of the screws when they emerged much the same tactics were being pursued on board the dark horse save that in addition the safety valve was tied down the engines worked at furious speed and the boat leaped like a hunted stag but the hound on its heels came closer and closer and those on the dark horse could hear the roar of the delighted firefly crew morley ground his teeth and fed his furnaces again anne came on deck go below he said and swore at her i shall not she retorted and got away from him he was not able to pursue not being in position to leave his post beside the captain besides he thought it mattered very little whether she was seen or not ware knew that she was on board and moreover if the dark horse were overhauled he would suffer most himself by the capture it would do him no good to throw anne overboard although he felt much inclined to do so if only for revenge calthorpe could well be proud of his boat she responded gallantly to the strain put upon her and tore like a mad thing through the waste of waters she swung alongside of the dark horse dane steering with flashing eyes and his long hair streaming in the wind there was less than a quarter of a mile separating the boats morley swerved to the right dane followed a pretty bit of steering on the part of both vessels took place until the winds and waves took command then the boats out of hand swung together almost touching giles could see anne she cried out and stretched her hands suddenly dane turned the yacht in a circle calthorpe shouted to know with several adjectives what he was up to he would have stopped the engines which were working furiously but that it was dangerous at the moment 
the firefly swung round and then with the rush of a wounded bull came straight at the dark horse hell cried calthorpe he's going to ram her there was no time to stop the engines or to reverse them those on the dark horse gave a yell of fear as the larger vessel bore down on their slighter craft dane fairly mad shouted out abuse to morley another moment and the pursuing yacht struck the other midships cutting her almost to the water-line all on board both ships were thrown down the firefly reeled back giles lifted his head to see anne falling overboard as the dark horse lurched in the roaring waters with a cry of terror he tore a life-belt from its fastenings and threw himself after her after that he could only recollect that he was swimming for dear life and for her amongst those furious waves lifted on the crest of one he saw her some distance away a white figure against the black water then he went sliding down into the liquid valley how he reached her he did not know but after a terrific struggle he found her in his arms he managed to slip the life-belt over her head and kept her up with one arm while he kept afloat with the other she was insensible but giles retained all his wits he caught a glimpse of the ragged injured bows of the firefly high above him and saw that calthorpe was launching a boat in a few moments it came plunging towards him and he was hauled on board with anne steel was in the boat ashy pale is our boat safe gasped giles yes but the dark horse is going down dean has gone overboard suddenly steele shrieked and giles turned to where he pointed in the trough of the sea the dark horse was plunging like a colt rolling like a drunken man giles saw morley near him dane with a savage look on his face morley with terror in his eyes tried to get away but dane reached him flung his arms round him and with a wild shout both men went down into the furiously bubbling witch cauldron never to rise again the strain of the whole terrible business was too much for giles ware for the first and last time in his life he fainted the last recollection he had was of seeing the doomed vessel plunging downwards and a cloud of white steam rising with a terrible roar from her exploding boilers after that darkness and insensibility End of chapter twenty five read by celine major